Hello, everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 83, Measuring Productivity. Man, that just screams an exciting title. Does it? I no, no, Will it does Will this not. be the biggest episode of any podcast ever? Yeah, I yeah. think, I mean, maybe we'll attract all of the economists because no, <laughs> measuring productivity no. is exactly what economists no. try to do. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> personal productivity I here. I know. Not, not a, none of your uh, economic productivity that you, you study. It's a bit of a bait and switch, though, to call something measuring productivity. When For economists, this would be uh, a bait and switch. <laughs> I think for most people, they would be relieved oh, that yes. it's not uh, yeah. measuring economic productivity. No GDP will be talked about here. I, I remember back in the day, I was chatting with a, one of the professors at Carleton where we both did our undergraduates. And I, I mentioned to him, because he did a lot of media interviews at the time, And I asked him, okay, I'm starting this year of productivity thing where I declined a few jobs to experiment with productivity advice for a year. Do you have any advice for the media side of things? He said, "Why, why would anybody care about productivity enough to study it for a year because he assumed I, I was studying economic productivity <laughs> and uh, no I, I think uh, it was a bait and switch for him and for you and for nobody else I mean people do spend their whole career studying economic productivity is that what you do no no, no I do not you do evaluation and professor, an education professor yes. Arden Nordstrom not yet not doctor professor not officially I'm not either of those things soon. officially soon <laughs> yeah when can we say that I mean, whenever I defend my thesis, okay. so let's not jinx anything. It'll be good for the podcast. Sure. Just saying. No pressure. <laughs> oh, but it'd be I, nice, I'm already uh, feeling the pressure for lots of reasons. But not the podcast. No. Okay. But a thesis defense is like the culmination of six years of work, and it's yeah. a little stressful. Everybody send good vibes to yeah. Arden Nordstrom, yeah. comma, PhD. Expected. Expected. <laughs> e- EST. 2022 sometime, uh, hopefully. Yeah, sometime in August. Knock on wood. Measuring productivity, though, mm-hmm. we're not, bad at this. Not, not at yeah. We as as people, as people in general, mm-hmm. uh, and th- this is something that I find absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. with knowledge work. Uh, you know, knowledge work, of course, being work that we do with our brains rather than with our hands. You know, we obviously do some work with our hands. The proportion is never a hundred percent knowledge work. We all have wrote things that we do. We have tedious conference calls to sit through. We have just bad meetings in, mm-hmm. in general. Uh, but in general, you know, we, I think this poly, podcast would attract more knowledge workers than not. Uh, but it doesn't matter what camp you fall in. I think this episode will apply. But we are bad at measuring our personal not our economic, productivity each and every day. We, we tend to look at bad indicators uh, for measurements like this. Yeah. I think the one that I see the most and that a lot of people fall into GDP. is how many hours they're working. <laughs> I mean, people will argue GDP is an, a really bad measure of economic productivity. Oh. But all that to say... People, Let's focus on yeah, the... Uh, the one that people uh, uh. <laughs> often talk about or that we often see people talking about are how many hours they're working, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I spent 80 hours in the office this week. I mean, A, that's probably inaccurate, right? People, I mean, I think Laura talks about how research... Laura, Laura Van, Vanderkam. Vanderkam, friend of the pod. Yeah, in her, yeah. In her book, she talks a lot about how people tend to overestimate by about 
like 25%. So if you say you're working 80 hours a week, you're almost certainly not. Yeah. So, I mean, be a little honest about how much you say you're working. And people do this to kind of brag. It's it's a brag, right? People are saying, oh, I'm spending so many hours at the office. And the reason people claim this as a measure of productivity is because it's a proxy, right? I mean, you are probably going to work more if you are more productive, if your intention is to accomplish more within work. Probably. Right? I mean, there is probably a correlation between how many hours you work. You're you're not going to get anything accomplished if you're only working three hours a week. I mean, you can write all you want about unless, four hour work weeks. Unless you're Tim Ferriss with this four hour thing. I mean, I don't I, know how you accomplish anything in four hours a week. I, I think you need a bit more than that. Yeah. Good title though. Good title. Wonderful title. Yeah. But I, I mean, all that to say hours worked are correlated to how much you're going to accomplish, but it's certainly not the be all and end all. And there are diminishing returns if you're working more than 60 hours and a week. It might even be a weak correlation yeah. in, in a lot of cases, because often we need more time to think. Mm-hmm. We need to recharge. Yeah. You know, if you're an executive, for an example, and you're going on a walk through nature on your lunch break, that might look very unproductive because you're not in a meeting, you're not working frantically, you're not doing anything intense with intense focus, with hyper-focus, as, as they say, as I said <laughs> they once. Say, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, true focus, it, you know, it's, it, it, it wavers, you know, and that person, that executive wandering through nature on her lunch break, she might like, you know, just want, an, an idea might hit this executive that might change the entire course of the company they run mm-hmm. and might produce more value just from that one idea than weeks worth of work. And that's the case with knowledge work. We need these insights. We need this mind wandering. And that connection between how long we work and how much we produce has been severed. You know, we tend to look at how exhausted we are at how busy we are. But the truth is knowledge work is very difficult to measure. And often becoming busier or more tired or working longer hours is more of a strategy for minimizing guilt than it is a strategy for optimizing true productivity, uh, which is just accomplishing the things that we set out to in the first place. You know, and, and you know, by the way, you know, it, it does differ depending on the profession. Uh, definitely hours worked would be a good measure for somebody who has billable hours, for an example, yeah. who bills more hours to a client. I, I remember doing a talk for a group of lawyers and a question after was, well, why would I want to? become more productive. <laughs> you know, if, if I work longer hours, I get more billable hours in mm-hmm. for this client. And so there is this, this isn't universal advice. There are exceptions to it. But in general, that connection has been severed. It, it used to be, you know, for factory type work, work that's simple, it's rote, it's repetitive. Uh, if you made eight widgets instead of four on your shift, you were twice as productive because you produced productive twice as much. But with knowledge work, you know, if you, let's use those same numbers, I guess, if you write 800 lines of code one day and 400 lines of code the next, A, yeah, that's a good number of lines of code. Uh, but B, that doesn't necessarily mean you accomplished more just because you produced more or you were busier or more tired. You know, if those 800 lines of code, they ran slower. If they had more bugs, mm-hmm. if they had fewer features, uh, that those 400 lines of code would not only make for a smaller application at the end of the day, 
but would also make for a better program. And one story I love uh, about this relates back to Apple. It was a story about Bill Atkinson, who made a a program called QuickDraw, and he designed the user interface um, and for the Apple Lisa, I think. Uh, And I'm quoting from uh, folklore.org. This is an article written by Andy Hertzfeld. But essentially, this, you know, this person, the middle management came in and they said, okay, we need to start measuring output. We're going to track how many lines of code everybody at the company is writing. And so this this person rewrote a lot of the application to make it faster. Uh, you know, he used a simpler algorithm. He did tweaks, and it ran six times faster while using less code. And so on this sheet that middle manager made them fill out, uh, he wrote negative 2,000 lines of code for a week <laughs> just to kind of stick it uh, to, to middle management. And, uh, and after a couple more weeks, they stopped asking him to fill out that form and he was quite happy to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's, you know, an example like that is uh, there might be a weak correlation, but there is definitely a disconnect between pure output and the difference that we make. It's not about how much we produce. It's about how much we actually accomplish. That gets very vague though, right? I mean, yeah, talking yeah. about how oh, I've accomplished this many things, that, yeah. that's really hard to do, especially on a day-to-day basis. I think this might be easier if you're like looking back over a month or a week or a year. Yeah. Um, and I, so a big part of this might, I mean, getting better at this will involve figuring out what you mean by accomplishment, like yeah. what that really means to you and to your work. And there might be very obvious kind of metrics for your particular work. I know for me, um, like publications is an obvious one, right? Where I have a certain number of things that I want to submit in a given year. And if I do that, I'll feel like I had a productive year or quarter or semester or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that might be something that you can look at too. I mean, everybody's work has different milestones. And if you look at a bigger picture, that's easier to look at than on a day-to-day. Because for me, if I'm working on a code and... Like nothing runs all day because yeah. everything is broken. Um, that might not look like an objectively productive day, but I've tested 10 different ways that didn't work or something like that. Um, and so, I mean, that is productive in that it's leading me to a better paper or a better research project. Yeah. Um, but on a day-to-day basis might not look productive uh, from the outside or even from the inside. I think it was a Bill Gates quote uh, where, or I forget who said it exactly. This is the problem with a podcast and writing something, you can research it, but <laughs> podcast, um, the, he said something along the lines of most people overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. And so on this shorter time frame, you know, we tend to, crave these immediate results and some um, examples of what uh, what our efforts can lead us to accomplish. But often patience is the virtue when it comes to measuring productivity like that. But I think that is the key, though, uh, is to look at the difference that we're able to make because of our actions. You know, the, what what is work for but that? Yeah. I mean, I think this is actually kind of a wonderful thing in academia where we have very set things that are I'm like when I go up for tenure review in four years, there are very specific things that I need to have shown that I have accomplished. Yeah. Right. I need to have shown that I have I've been a a decent teacher and been able to 
teach effectively for the next generation you only of have economists. To be, uh, decent. I mean, That's no, I have good. to be. I have to show like <laughs> that I've been a good teacher yeah, and yeah, a good yeah, instructor, yeah. right? Um, but I also need to show that I've I've been submitting applications for expanding my research in terms of like grants and things like that. But I also need to show that I've been an effective researcher, and so this is something that we have all these templates for our CVs, and people just seem to be in a very good habit of updating these CVs to to make a note of all of the things they've accomplished. And then every year when you look at what you did in the previous year, it's all there, right? I mean, you, people have made the made a very conscious effort to show like, these are the things I did because we have to, right? Like if you're going up for as this associate professor or full professor or whatever, this has to be on your CV. And so people are in a good routine. And if this is part of your just workflow is starting to be really mindful of what you are accomplishing whether or not you're in academia, I think that is a very good routine. And even myself, I have like a weekly kind of reflection yeah. note in my phone that I that I go back to every single week when I do my like weekly planning. And so I have this reflection list where I like am trying to be very mindful of what I've accomplished in uh, a given week. The results. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And I think that's the key is to shift the focus when thinking about how productive we are, not even measuring productivity. Uh, I, I don't know if that's even a worthwhile or fruitful endeavor when it comes to something as complex as knowledge work. Uh, but I, I think thinking about how productive we are, we need to shift away the focus from these proxy measures to the actual measure of what we accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, so by default, you know, we try to minimize guilt, you know, so instead of you know, looking at how guilt, guilty we feel, how many hours we've worked, how busy we were, how exhausted we were, how the sheer quantity of what we produced, you know, looking at the differences that we're able to make, I think that's step zero to measuring productivity or just even thinking about how we should be impulsively uh, generating productivity because, it can the the other measures have costs and and they don't really zero in on what productivity is about it's about making a difference right it's about minimizing or maximizing the benefits of work while minimizing the the negative elements of it while optimizing around uh, how much of what we intend to accomplish that we actually do and so i think shifting that focus and we can chat about tactical ideas in just a second here but shifting that focus from the proxy measures to that that core of intentionality and accomplishment i think is key yeah. And I mean, the reason people don't do that is because it's harder, right? It, it is hard. It's so easy for me to look at my time Miller count every week, which <laughs> yeah. I certainly do. I mean, I use yeah. time Miller to track my time for a reason. And um, that's not a bad measurement. No. Yeah. And, it, but it, and I mean, it's nice to see when I, I'm like, oh, look at that. I spent whatever number of hours on like, writing this week and I, yeah. I feel like a little gold star. But remember um, <laughs> that the correlation is weak. Yeah, right, exactly. Like I could have written for 25 hours that week and still written just garbage. So I also have to zoom out a little and think about whether or not I felt I read, wrote things that were worth writing and will move me forward towards bigger accomplishments than just hours writing because I can write all work and no play. Makes, makes art and a dull economist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I think zooming out is a really important part of that. Yeah. How does that play out for you? In measuring yeah. productivity? For me, it plays out. The, the way I measure things, and we can get tactical now. Let's drop a, a few tactics. Uh, w one of my go-to tactics for overcoming this 
uh, guilt bias when it comes to measuring productivity, I, I, I might call it, uh, is looking at the results. So I keep an accomplishments list. I call it accomplishments slash milestones list because I find that the important progress that I'm able to make in both a work and a personal context in my life falls into one of those two categories. So in the accomplishments, I have you know essentially milestones that I'm able to reach with work, things that I deliverables that I ship, as you say, <laughs> or as you said last episode, just any any stat metrics, you know, the the results of my actions. In other words, and milestones that either happen naturally that I want to pat myself on the back for, <laughs> or just that the results of my efforts led to. I think the accomplishments list is is a wonderful strategy for reflecting and redirecting your attention away from the proxy measures to that actual measure of the difference that you're able to make. And uh, I find that keeping one in general, so I might have 20, 30, may- maybe actually 10 or 20 over the course of the year, these accomplishments and milestones, that's the one I refer back to. Every week I, I look back at that accomplishments list. Uh, but in-, in weeks when I feel like I'm dragging my feet, that I'm not making any progress, I'll keep a temporary one where I just keep track of my progress that I'm able to make throughout the week as well. Hmm. So you wouldn't update that kind of every day? The daily one? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, yeah. So the daily one. It would just be too long. Up, yeah. It would just be too long to yeah. review. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like something like journaling is a good way of accomplishing yeah. the same thing. Because I definitely don't do a daily accomplishment check or something and like that. That it's, it's a big commitment to yeah. do so. But I think maybe the cue to do so would be uh, if you're focusing a lot on how exhausted you are, how busy you are, if you find that you're measuring your productivity in a way that doesn't directly reward you for the results that you're able to make, I, I think that's a good cue to, to make one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just a little self-reflection too. Yeah, I mean... I build this into my like weekly review or like weekly planning at the end of my Fridays where I go over how I spent the week, but then I plan for the next week. Yeah. And, and I, I like that kind of, that rhythm seems good for me, but I also do journal almost, not every day, but every other day or so. And I find that also helps. So that kind of builds in self-reflection, but find what works for you when it comes to reflection because- yeah. Everybody, not everybody loves journaling. If this is even a problem for you, yeah. you know, if if you find that you're focusing on the proxy measures, it's worth redirecting that focus mm-hmm. away from the proxy measures to what actually matters, the difference that you're able to make. Uh, but yeah, something to be mindful of and a few strategies to help you with it, the accomplishments list, a bit of journaling at the end of the day, perhaps on what efforts your results have led to. If a list is not really your your cup of tea uh, and just that reflection at the end of the week, uh, reviewing that overall accomplishments list, it, it's it's not only a great way of redirecting your attention, it's a, it's a nice strategy to pat yourself on the back because uh, I, I don't just have like the pure accomplishments that I'm able to make in my work. I have things like our anniversary milestones and milestones with, you know, personal goals that I'm able to achieve and things that I'm proud of. And to, to start every week off with a little dose of, of pride and motivate, it, it's a nice propellant mm. uh, to be productive in the week ahead. Nice. That, that'll that mo- motivate you a lot more than I worked 85 hours last yeah. week. Yeah. And it's less tiring. <laughs> yeah. It's less draining. 
Yeah, you're not going to feel good if you're working 85 hours a week. You're constantly exhausted. Or pretending that you are, because yeah. you're, you're probably not. I mean, anybody who says they work more than 60 hours a week, I'm like, are you really there? Are you really? <laughs> Have you tracked your time? That, you yeah. Know? Are yeah. you counting the time that you're just like listening yeah. to a podcast in the break room? Yeah, yeah it's that projection <laughs> of busyness, you know? Yeah. We, we tend to uh, see busyness as a, again, proxy measure for mm-hmm. importance. Yeah. 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 The more the busier somebody is, the more important they must be. So of course we all work quote unquote eighty hours, but really that's an unreasonable amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So be realistic. I mean, rec- and recognize that if other people are telling you they're working that much, they're probably not. And maybe aim for more weeks where you write negative two thousand lines of code. Yeah, quality, not qu- <laughs> yeah. yeah, quality, not just quantity. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. A little dense little uh, little podcast. <laughs> Timeandattention.fm is where you can find the show notes for this episode and for all of the episodes of the podcast. I uh, mm-hmm. uh, hope you enjoyed this one. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, hey, very yeah. fun. Do this show? Yeah, it's fun to do Pe- it together. People enjoy your econ updates. Oh, well. Econ Corner. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, this will probably be the last episode we record before my defense oh so people will hear how it went next episode i think so I'm, i think i think so hopefully the, we'll the next episode <gasps> might be a solemn affair might be a solemn or affair. it might be a celebratory experience on, on time and attention put good vibes into the universe everyone good vibes all around timeandattention.fm I feel like said this, but timeandattention.fm is where you can find the show notes for the podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you again for tuning in to yet another episode, and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.